Hi, I'm Randallin. I'm Jennifer. And we're people. Talking about people. People Talking People is a part of the Wander Barn Podcast Network. You can check out other podcasts on travel, yoga, health, and business over at wanderbarn.com. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-B-A-R-N.com. Hello, just Jen here today. And as you know, when it's just Jen, we're often talking about something in the realm of leadership and teams. And that will be the case again today. So hopefully you find this to be an inspiring conversation that you can utilize for your teams. But I will say this before you go and hit the skip button or decide to leave. The subject that we will be talking about is very applicable to all facets of life. It is not just related to someone who is a manager or a leader. I am going to be talking today about delegation. And delegation, which I always say, delegation does not have to be a dirty word. It's true. Many people hear delegation and they instantly cringe and think, oh, it's horrible or I'm not good at it or Everyone hates it or something along those lines. It has a very negative connotation to it. So delegation does not have to be a dirty word. I will be talking about why that is the case today. And we will also touch on how these specific skills and components of delegation that I will be reviewing really truly are applicable to multiple facets of life. So for example, you could just be a parent um, doing homeschooling or something along those lines. You can utilize these same skills within um, that realm as well. You don't have to be a manager or a leader to use these delegation skills. So let's talk a little bit about delegation. So first of all, why is delegation so hard for many, many, many people? I mentioned this before. It's a, it's a dirty word, right? For a lot of people, it just has such a negative connotation. Uh, When we think about delegation, we just think about giving a bunch of the junk on our plate to someone else and then how that person who receives it is going to feel. They're going to feel like, oh, great, they're just plopping all this stuff on my plate. You know, it's not important to them. Fill in the blank, something along those lines. On top of the fact that often when we're in the role that we're in, leader, manager, we typically have, for the most part, have the skills required to do the jobs of those on our team. So it is quite often easier to just do the task ourselves than to delegate it down to someone who perhaps needs a lot of training, you know, or something along those lines in order to get them sort of spooled up and be able to do the job. So because of all those types of factors, it's a lot easier for us to just do it ourselves. Now let's shift gears and think about like the parent type example. How many of you have gone upstairs, saw that your parent, your child's bathroom, for example, is a mess? There's toothpaste stuck to the counter. There's towels on the floor. You know, it's just gross. And it's very easy to just say, hey, come up here and clean up the room. But if they're six or seven years old, what's the likelihood they're actually going to be able to scrub all the toothpaste off? And, you know, is it going to be done to my own perfection in the way that I want it to be done? So sometimes it's easier for us to just say, hmm, you know, I'm going to go and do it myself. So even in the realm of parenting is, as you can tell, it's very easy for us to just make the choice to take care of it on our own because it would just be easier than training or asking them to do it, or frankly, even just the the energy of dealing with the kicking and screaming child who doesn't want to clean up, for example, just to use that as an extreme example. So this really is applicable and relevant to multiple facets of life. 
So how can we do delegation better? How can we make delegation easier? And really why? Why should we? Why should we bother? Why should we care? Well, one of the things I want to say is anytime you choose to do a task instead of delegating it to someone else, you are robbing that person of their opportunity for personal development and personal growth. Anytime you choose to do a task, instead of delegating it, you are robbing an individual of their opportunity for personal development and personal growth. I think that's really important. And I think just in that one statement, you can probably see how applicable that is to both the manager leader, but then also in that example of the parent, right? Is your child ever going to learn how to scrub the toothpaste off if you do it for them all the time? Of course not. And you know that, right? So this is the perfect example of how any time that we choose to continue to do these tasks, they will never be able to do it on their own. As a manager and as a leader, there are many reasons why that matters. If you are a great leader, your goal is always to grow the great team below you and potentially even have your people be promoted up above you and be your manager someday, right? You want to see others grow. You want to see others succeed. So that's a huge component. So when you're not training them or providing them the chance to do so, you know, you're sort of holding them back from that ability to do it themselves. So there's that component. And anytime we're not allowing our people to have those chances for growth, development, all of that, we're also going to be really reducing overall morale and overall engagement. And that's the opposite of what we want. You know, a great team is a highly engaged team with a high level of morale, you know, excited, happy, things are good, chugging along. But if we're never giving them those chances to try new things, um, do other parts of the job that might be a challenge for them, they're not going to be experiencing that engagement, that higher level of morale, which is the exact opposite, you know, of what we're always wanting. On top of the fact that the reality is we as leaders really shouldn't be doing it all. You know, we're also robbing ourselves of the opportunity to really maximize our own role. You know, we need to be performing at these strategic levels not down in the weeds, doing the tasks all of the time. So there really truly are many ways in which delegation is important. And that last component, you know, the being at that strategic level versus being in the weeds, that's another example where it applies to so many areas. That is not just a leader and a management conversation. That is a parent conversation as well. That's a family conversation as well. That's a friend conversation as well. We want to be at that strategic level. We want to be able to provide that level of training, support, guidance, coaching, fill in the blank, whatever it is. Not down trying to solve the problems and, you know, be at that lower level doing all of the tasks for people, you know, holding their hand and allowing them to get through the steps. We want to teach and train them to be able to do it so that they can do it on their own. Again, apply that to any realm of life. So delegation does not have to be a dirty word. We can achieve quite a bit by choosing to delegate versus not, right? We can provide them the opportunity for personal growth and development. We can release ourselves of some of the in-the-weeds tasks and be at that higher strategic level that we need to be at. We can increase engagement and morale on the team by way of allowing others to be included in opportunities that perhaps they never, never were before. So how, we'll kind of shift over to the 
how are we going to delegate? Now we know why it's important and we've discovered that it's, it doesn't have to be a dirty word, but how do we do the delegation piece? Time and time again, I hear from leaders, I just, I just can't, right? I just don't have time. I don't have time to train. So what if you really stopped and you did a little bit of a return on investment sort of analysis for yourself? So let me give you an example. Let's say there's a task that comes across your plate every week and it takes you one hour to perform the task. Every week you continue to do this task one hour, that's 52 hours in the course of a year. The reason that you have not chosen to delegate it to someone is it takes four hours to train someone how to do it. That's a half a day, right? That's a big commitment. But if you were to stop this week and say, I am going to train Sally for four hours today on how to do that task. And you sit down with Sally, you spend the four hours of time with her, you get her spooled up. Frankly, she might be excited because it's a new cool thing she's going to be able to do, learning something, you know, something along those lines. You spend four hours with Sally, get her trained up, and boom, she's off to the races. And that task is now off your plate. So you took half day, big commitment, but four hours, which is the equivalent to four weeks because it would only take you one hour per week. So within one month or four weeks, however you want to count it, but basically within four weeks or one month, you will have bought back then all that one hour per week of free time. So yeah, of course it's hard to carve out four hours, half of a day to do a training. I, I hear you. But the time adds up over time. The return on investment is huge. You just bought yourself back 48 additional hours over the course of a year. That's an entire work week, you know. So be thinking about it from that return on investment perspective. So the next time one of these sort of reoccurring tasks that in the back of your mind you're thinking, I probably should delegate this, I just don't have the time, really sit down with yourself and do that return on investment, knowing that it will be hard uh, you know, 100%, it's going to be hard to carve out that half day or whatever it is to do that training. But once it is done, you are buying yourself back an entire week of work. So take the time, do that return on investment analysis and really force yourself to look at it realistically and, you know, determine if that is the right thing to do to go and delegate that task. Okay. So that's kind of just one sort of simple out of the gate, easy thing that you can do. The second would be just that thought of reminding yourself, if I choose to do this task, I am robbing someone of this personal development opportunity. Again, really simple sort of reminder, little thing you can do. These could even be little post-it notes, you know, on your computer monitor or something that says delegation, return on investment, robbing someone of opportunity, something along those lines. But these are just sort of like your triggers to get you started that when those projects come across your plate or when you're hearing some of these reoccurring things happening over and over again, it's like a trigger of, hmm, is it time to think about delegating and, you know, am I prepared or what can I do in order to delegate this task? Okay, so those are kind of the, the specific initial triggers, we'll call them. There's some deeper thought that goes beyond new ways to delegate because the, the how gets really challenging for some people. It's like they get the return on investment thing. Sure, I get that. I can do the math. I get it. It's still going to be hard to do. Of course, it's still going to be hard to do. So what are the ways that we can make delegation easier to do, make it easier to do? Well, there's kind of a few components. One of the first ones that I want to talk about is this opportunity to let employees self-delegate. So let me tell you what I mean by that. When I talk about self-delegating, it means the people have been involved in whatever this project or something that, you know, that's coming across the plate. 
at that early phase that so that they get excited and they come to you and they say, that project is so cool. I want to lead it. I want to be a part of that. So let's say, you know, there's a big new opportunity, new project, you know, fill in the blank, depending on your, your company and what you're doing that comes across your plate. And there's a meeting for this project, we'll call it. Um, what happens if you take two or three people from uh, the team to the meeting to talk about the project and just have them listen in. You know, don't tell them, you know, hey, I'm going to delegate this to you, but just say, hey, I want you guys to come listen in. This is a new project that's coming across the plate. I want everyone to kind of take notes and we'll regroup and, you know, see what we need to do going forward. So everyone goes, everyone takes notes. They go back to your office afterwards. You sit down for 15 minutes or, you know, in the virtual world, we're in a Zoom call, whatever, but get my point, regroup after the meeting, have a little conversation how it went. Maybe you'll get lucky and Bob will say, wow, that was so cool. I would really like to lead that project. Can I lead that project? Boom. Bob just self-delegated. Now, people are much more likely to do that when they are involved up front, when they see and understand exactly what that project is or what's going on. So if you can bring folks with you to some of these meetings, uh, when these projects, using that as an example, are coming out, they're going to be much more likely to raise their hand and say, that's something I would like to do before you even have to do it. So that's just one example. There are definitely other situations where something along those lines could come up, but just to kind of give you a little bit of a feel for what it means to specifically self-delegate. So one of the other deeper ways that I like to tell people to start thinking about delegation is to delegate based more on personal development. So what I mean by that is if you're having really great regular one-on-one meetings with your people, which you should be doing, you will know what types of things that they are interested in. You will know what their personal development goals are, or you should if you're asking them those questions. If you're not, incorporate that into your process and start learning a little bit more about what they've got going on. But if I happen to know that Lee is really interested in accounting, maybe she's thinking about going back to school and getting a master's in accounting, but she doesn't know yet. But in the meantime, it's just a passion of hers and she's really into accounting. Well, when I have a project in budgeting or finance come across my plate, it makes a lot more sense for me to delegate it to Sally so that she can have something related to her personal development to work on because it's something she's interested in, in finance, budget, related to accounting. Cool. Perfect. I'm going to delegate that specifically to Sally. Now, Sally may not be the only person on the team that has opportunity to take work on. Sally might even have more work going on right now than other people. Maybe Bob over here really is kind of low on work and could you could easily delegate it to him. But it's okay to not delegate based off of workload if it's truly a strong passion for someone. It might take Sally a quarter of the time to even complete the project than it would Bob because she's passionate about it and he is not. So delegating based off of personal development is going to do a lot of things. It's going to give someone the opportunity to, again, grow and develop more into those skills that they really desire to be in. It's going to allow them to be living into their passions and their gifts, which will always, always, always create more engagement and boost morale with the team. You're going to create really happy people when you are aligning their actual skills and interests into the things and tasks that you're delegating. Versus if I just give it to Bob because he has the capacity, 
it's going to take him forever to do it. He has no interest. Maybe he whines and complains about it. Maybe he thinks about leaving this job. And then all of a sudden I'm dealing with now I've got turnover and I've got to hire someone. So delegating by personal development is really a critical way to think about delegation that is going to overall make your team a lot happier. The other thing I always say is don't be afraid to delegate to the person that actually wants to grow. I see this a lot with teams where there might be, a, you know, there's always like a bell curve. You think of a bell curve. There's a couple people who are, you know, maybe they're even retired in place. For example, it's a silly kind of term, but retired in place, or they just don't care. They want to show up and punch the clock and, and leave. They might do their job. Great. That's fabulous. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. They just have no interest in continued development. But there might be someone over here on the other side of the curve who is just crazy passionate about growing. They want to be the manager. They want your job someday. Don't be afraid to delegate to that person. And it might mean you're delegating more to that individual than to others. And that's okay because they are the one that wants to grow. You do not have to peanut butter spread projects, tasks, action, and work across the team just to even it out. There is some level, of course, of having to delegate work based off of who has capacity and time. Don't get me wrong, that's critically important. But there are many managers who, I, I don't know if this is in some like crazy management 101 class or something, but it's almost like they feel like there's this requirement to peanut butter spread things across the board. Everything has to be fair and equal. It just doesn't work that way in terms of really growing and developing your team the way you want them to and the way that they want to be developed. You are going to, if you peanut butter spread across that team, that example that I gave, you're going to have Sally who's super motivated with not enough challenges. You're going to have Bob who really just wants to come in and do his work and you're making him do these extra projects who doesn't want to do them. Here we go. What does this lead to? Lower, lower morale unhappy people, less engagement, you know, again, the opposite of what you're trying to strive for. So don't be afraid to delegate based off personal development or based off of growth and who wants to grow and develop into kind of that future leader or whatever it is, that future uh, next level within the team, something along those lines. Match the person to the task is kind of the next one that I want to hit on. And this is very similar to the personal development and the growth um, thing, but just kind of keeping in mind that if we just happen to know that someone is really, really, really good at something, it's okay to match or delegate a task based off of that. You just need to also be balancing it with where their interests are. I give this example all the time of... Um, I have clients who come in and they're, you know, they want to change careers, for example. And they'll say, you know, I'm one of my talents is I'm a really, really great recruiter. I was the top recruiter at my company. So I'm thinking about starting a business as a recruiter. Do you like recruiting? Well, not really. I'm just really good at it. So I should do it, right? But I don't really like it. It doesn't light me up. Okay, hold the phone, pause. Why start a business doing something you have no interest in doing just because you're good at it? Right now, I can tell you I do our taxes every year. And I am darn good at doing them. And I can actually do them pretty quick, pretty effectively. Do I like doing them? Absolutely not. Do I want to become an accountant? Absolutely not. Not an interest to me. So it's okay to also be very aware of those interests. And this is why I really hone in and highlight on you can match the person to the task, but you really also need to be aware of everyone's individual personal development goals, what they're wanting to grow into and how they want to develop. So again, if that is not a part of your one-on-one -on -one conversations, you need to change your one-on-one -on -one conversations to make sure that it becomes a part of it so that you know on an individual basis what everyone is needing, 
wanting, where they want to go, where you, where you can help to guide and facilitate them through that process too. And again, you can use this great now. I can delegate to them, get things off of your own plate, and also satisfy them in the process. You know, again, I'm going to harp on the delegation does not have to be a dirty word. Delegation can be extremely positive. If your people are getting projects and tasks that light them up and get them excited, you will be known as the coolest leader and manager around. You will be the one everyone wants to work and report to because here you are making your team really happy and excited. You will be the manager. Other managers say, what's your secret? How do you do it? Like, what, what is it that makes your team so happy? Why does everyone want to leave my team and go to your team? And all you're doing is delegating. I mean, how crazy would it be if you could become a delegation master and all of a sudden, here you are, delegating like crazy and getting this like huge reward from it as far as happy people and great people. And then you're also getting things off your plate at the same time. It's fabulous. Okay. Delegate clearly. Just want to kind of highlight because I always talk about level setting and setting expectations. Just make sure when you are delegating that it really is super clear what the objective is. So does that mean you need to involve them up front in the projects? Does that mean that there's a little bit more training? Again, the return on investment component. What do you do to ensure that it's really clear? You're not just slapping something on someone's plate and then, you know, running and hitting, hitting it. So those are kind of some of the keys that I want to talk about with the delegation that I wanted, excuse me, to talk about today with delegation. So bring people up front, involve them up front so that possibly there's this chance for a self-delegate. Delegate based off of personal development and those that want to grow. Don't be afraid to match the person to the task, but also being extremely aware of what their personal development and desires are. All of this will lead to that engagement and increased morale and the happy team. Maybe think about the little post-it note that goes on your da- on your on your dash <laughs> on your monitor that says delegation doesn't have to be a dirty word. Uh, you know, just kind of reminding yourself anytime I choose to do this task, I'm robbing someone else of that development opportunity. And then that return on investment, ROI, question mark. You know, what is that return on investment? How much time will I put in to training? But then how much time will I buy myself back by a year's time, for example? So if you kind of walk yourself through some of those steps, if you remind yourself of these processes and just be really aware around what it is that others want, delegation no longer turns, I need to delegate better. It just becomes a very natural part in your process that allows you to really succeed and and be a much better and stronger leader. So I want to pause there with the lesson and verbiage that I'm just sharing with you today, all the things that are going to be your great takeaways and the actions you're going to do. Um, And I want to just leave you with a couple questions and just to kind of get you thinking. When it comes to delegation for you yourself right now, What is the thing that you find to be the most challenging? And spend some time sitting and reflecting with that. When it comes to delegation, what is the thing you find to be the most challenging? Based off of that answer, hopefully you'll be able to kind of reflect back to some of the points that we talked about here and think about which area do you need to pursue and go a little bit deeper in. So for example, if it's around time, maybe it's the return on investment exercise that's more important for you. If it's around, I don't know what my people want to do, then the action is I need to make sure I start talking about personal development 
in my one-on-ones. So you can be a little bit more focused and intentional when you really sit down and think about what, when it comes to this concept of delegation, again, what are the challenges I personally am facing? And then I want you to also just think about what have others said to you about delegation? Meaning, have you been given feedback either from your employees or from your manager about whether you've done a good job or not done a good job with delegation in general? So perhaps your manager said, you need to delegate more, you're way too in the weeds. Okay, how can you pause, take a deep breath, think about that feedback, go back to what we talked about and figure out what you can implement to change that. If your people, conversely, are saying, you need to delegate more, we want to help, we want to help, are they raising their hands and they're trying to self-delegate but you're not allowing them to, again, go back to what we talked about. What does that mean for you? Does that mean you need to start bringing them to more of these meetings? What are those steps that you're going to take in order to be better about the delegation process? So again, think about what your own personal challenges are and then um, what is that feedback that you've received and how can you use some of the conversation points today to shift how you approach delegation going forward. And then lastly, just set yourself some sort of goal around it and what would that goal look like for you? Would it be I want to buy back two hours of my week by way of doing a better job delegating? Would it be I want to receive positive feedback that I do a good job of delegating? I want to get myself out of the weeds and be more strategic. So set some sort of goal and then make it as you know epic as possible, meaning it's really, really, really measurable and specific uh, and document it in a way that you can actually do something with that. But start just with that high level. What would you kind of want that goal to look like? And then how are you going to go and execute on it based off of what we've talked about specifically here today. So I just want to remind you, delegation really does not have to be a dirty word. You will probably hear me say that uh, many other times in the future in relation to other conversations. Head on over to LinkedIn and drop me a message or a note and let me know your thoughts around delegation. I'd love to hear your goal too, what goal perhaps that you've set. If you've set one for yourself, feel free to share that. All right, so I'm going to wrap us up here for today. Uh, People talking people, as always, it's been just a pleasure talking to you, even if it's just me all by my lonesome. And today with delegation, I really hope that you've had a couple good takeaways, or at least at a minimum, something you're going to write on a post-it note and stick on, not your dashboard, as I first said, but your monitor. (laughs) Oh, who knows? Maybe the dashboard of your car is a good place too. Maybe that was like a subliminal thing and it needs to go there as well. All right, and with that said, I just want to give you a quick reminder that if you head on over to wanderbarn.com, People Talking People, you can learn more about the show and check out other great shows in the Wanderbarn network. So head on over to wanderbarn.com, People Talking People, to learn more. Have a great one and talk to you again soon. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Head on over to wanderbarn.com slash People Talking People to learn more about the show and to check out other great shows in the network.